We're speaking this morning to Nina Othman. She is a mom of three and also a social entrepreneur. Good morning, Nina. Good morning. Thank you so much for speaking to us on the light breakfast. Thank you for having me. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. So this is our parenting segment. We call it Growing Pains to help teach parents to be better parents, I guess, in a way. But today we're going to ask you more about how we can teach our children to understand the value of money. And that is your expertise, I think, right? We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Now Now we understand that you run Grow the Goose, which is a social enterprise that runs workshops for kids and teens to learn about saving money and also financial independence. What was the catalyst actually for you to want to start this social enterprise in the first place? So um, basically, it was uh, a personal experience and it was accidental. It was uh, it started with my own kids. So that's when I um, uh, dove deeper into finding out what is lacking in our um, education system and things like that. So basically, I have been a serial entrepreneur for the past uh, 12, 13 years, um, mostly failed enterprises. And then I was at a crossroad in my life when I was in um, uh, confinement with my third child, the last enterprise being a kids party planning business. And then, you know, there was this sudden realization that, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, I'm contributing to childhood obesity (laughs) and kids being brats and stuff like that. You know, all this conscience started creeping in and balloon pollution and I don't know what, because I was slowly being exposed to this whole idea, a new concept of social entrepreneurship as going through the discovery process. And then uh, my two kids, then age four and six, my boys, they were like, mommy, we want roller shoes. And I'm like, I did not know I was having postnatal depression at that time. And I just blurted out to them and said, no, you're going to find your own money. I got no money. Go and sell something or something. You know, just, just set it out just like that. Yeah. And, you know, to my surprise, the kids took it seriously. They came back a few minutes later. They were like, okay, we want to be my ale from Upin Ipin and we want to sell ayam goreng and stuff. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's not healthy. And then um, and then they were pestering me. And I knew at that point, you know, since I buka mulut already, obviously I have to, what, right? And I can't say, oh, I changed my mind. Yeah, yeah. back it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were already... Follow um, through. Yeah, they were already fully focused on, okay, the idea is to make money. How? So I uh, did some research and I have a friend who makes healthy sausages and then we started selling those, you know, I posted it up on um, media social and then I was like, you know, dear parents, uh, dear family and friends, uh, my mom taught me not to, uh, my mom taught me to find my own money. I'm going to teach my kids that too now. So if you'd like to support, please, you know, buy these uh, healthy sausages and then we will deliver. And they did that. Within two weeks, they had enough money to buy their roller shoes. Oh, they did? My God. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really fast. And then after that two weeks, and I actually put up another poster saying, thank you, family and friends. And I thought that was it. And cuci tangan already. They got their, their roller shoes, right? And then I had two sets of inquiries. It sort of went viral, that post, actually. And then um, I had two sets of inquiries from strangers and friends. They were like, uh, the first one, can our kids be agents of this sausage sehat? <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. And then the second one being, do you have a module to teach kids this? Mm. And that was like, as an entrepreneur, you know, any opportunity you see, you'll be like, oh, interesting. So that was like, ching, 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 ching. 
And I did some research and that's when I found some disturbing data. Things like uh, only one in three Malaysians have a savings account. Um, 60 Malaysians below the age of 44 declare bankrupt each day. Um, 98% of rural households have zero savings. 86% of urban households have zero savings. And I'm like, okay. And then the age that this uh, youth usually go bankrupt is between 25 to 44. Mm. Meaning, the time that you habis your university or whatever, yeah. you're yeah. just about to start your life, start, start um, uh, work and everything, is the time that you s- you're most prone to becoming bankrupt. And so I actually did an, uh, a personal survey. Nothing has been published or anything like that. So, you know, I spoke to a lot of uh, university students and uh, new uh, apa? fresh graduates yep. uh, yang baru start school, uh, kerja and everything. And on average, uh, we have uh, six loans to pay off as wow. we are starting our lives. So we have... Um, Study <laughs> loan. On average? Yeah. On average, it's six. The average that I interviewed. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the sampling data size all, you don't ask me. Like, I was okay. kind of scared. <laughs> that, you know, it's just for my own understanding at that point. But it was things like... Uh, First is, of course, study loan. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got your car loan. Mm. And then you got personal loan to get married. (laughs) And then house loan, credit card loan, and some who want to dabble in business, business loan. Mm. Then after I discovered someone got another thing called lifestyle loan. What's a lifestyle loan? (laughs) Yeah, well, we call it lifestyle loan. But actually, it's things like um, taking loan, personal loan, to go and uh, sewa kereta alfa to balik kampung for raya. Oh my oh, god, no. that happens? I thought it was only in dramas. <laughs> yeah, to show off. There were some uh, news articles published on this as well. Yes. It's new phenomenon. Uh, taking personal loan to go Europe for three weeks so that you can Instagram it. But then come back with 20,000 loan. And you just started work for probably about a year or so. Good God. Because banks, I think, at that time weren't so strict. Lah, you know, as, as long as you've got mm. payslip, then you can mm. Mm. Um, Kids, uh, these students who are from the rural communities come to uh, the urban setting. And they get influenced. And then they'll be like, you know, the first PTPTN disbursement or something. They're saying that they got... Uh, MacBook Pro and uh, iPhones just because, you know, they thought that was what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And they end up eating Maggi Karat Tiga at the end of the month. You know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then there was this other scary, crazy story about uh, Clark uh, and his uh, and her husband, who's a dispatch guy, who apparently took a loan to get a McLaren stroller. Yeah. <laughs> a branded stroller uh, for their baby. Yeah. And then another one, which I was also mind-blowing, like I get all this weird, weird stuff and I was just like, what is going on? It's scary. <clears throat> so the other one, the, the one that I was like, whoa, is actually a government servant and she mengaku uh, lah. She's like, oh, saya ambil loan sebab saya nak pergi uh, apa? melahirkan anak saya dekat Prince Court macam awal Ashari dengan Syah Aliyaya. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> So I guess I'm not, not, I don't want, I didn't want to judge then, you know, because mm. it could be one of their life lists or bucket lists or yeah. dreams. You, you don't judge a person. But for me, it was scary that other things were not thought of. Like mm. 10,000 is only enough if you gave birth naturally. Yeah. Tiba-tiba you tersangkut ke? Tiba-tiba you, you know, 
need to go for emergency C-sec, what will happen then? What if it goes up to like 20, 30, 40, 50k? Who knows, right? It's Mm. a private star hospital or something. So yeah, these are some of the findings. And then that's when I was like, oh, this one got a huge gap here that needs to be filled. And then when Mm. I looked around, there weren't many players. So that's when it started. So we started with 7 to 12 first. Mm -hmm for the first two years because that was what I was comfortable with. I mean, to be honest, I'm not a trainer by profession. Yeah. So I needed to test out the module. So I was coming from an angle of a mom and then wanting to instill habits. And so I tested with my own kids. It worked. I tested with other people's kids. It worked. And then so we refined the module along the way. And then by the third year, we had inquiries and a lot of um, demand for teens. So we extended to teens. And then, yeah, it sort of went from then and we had inquiries for adults, parents and um, youth and things like that. So we sort of do customized workshops for families now as well. Mm-hmm. And during this pandemic, we uh, started offering a short virtual. short virtual ones, just two and a half hours and we involve the family. So it's, yeah. That's how I started. <laughs> how, how is it different though, teaching children, younger children from 7 to 12 and teens about the importance of savings and the value of money? Uh, content and format uh, is the same. Delivery is different. So uh, the teens like, you know, like, oh, <laughs> contra macho, very hard to, very hard to crack it. Mm. It takes a little bit more time. So that's why we have other activities before the, the teens actually open up. So mm-hmm. that's what we noticed. Like, with the kids, it's so easy. You know, we just say, hey, what's your dream? What makes you happy? Oh, macam-macam dia boleh tulis, you know, very mm-hmm. fast. But the older you get, the teens to the adults, or oh, the adults is the worst lah. It takes them so long. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, then I realized it's just how we brought up the society and how we suppress and we self-sabotage. It's programming. Mm. Yeah, yeah, correct. So how do you program young children to to know how to save and know the value of money from a young age? How do um, you do it? We firstly we have to have the parent support. Even if we get the kids to come in for a workshop, they get excited, they go back to their original setting, their spirits will be dampened mm. for sure. Because they get all excited when they come back. Parents don't understand lah. Parents not not supporting lah. So much like that best lah. A big question also. So that's where in our workshops we actually get the parents to attend a one hour briefing if they can't attend the whole thing. At least to tell them that hey, you know, you send them to us already, right? You paid a certain amount of money, send them to us, but we only got them for eight hours. Mm. You know, we don't have some kind of crystal ball or magic wand and say hey, boom. You know, tak boleh lah. So you mm. guys still have to come in and help out with the uh, apa daily punya habits or weekly habits and things like that and we're always open you can come back to us and say hey you know my kids is having this how can we help so we have coaching and mentoring programs as well so firstly we need the support lah Uh, but for the kids um i'll tell you now they're so easy there's nothing to be programmed if they're set on it they're set on it that you just open it up you know we just throw in ideas uh hey maybe you could do this maybe you could do that and they get inspired by our pre, pre, previous stories. Mm. So, for example, it started with my own kids. And then I had stories about my kids. And that then inspired another child. And then that child comes up with his or her own story. Like we had a nine-year-old boy who, makes, um, who wants to be a pilot. 
but then he started making uh, he started having workshops teaching kids how to make uh, model airplanes using uh, paper lah origa apa kayu ice cream lah and mm. stuff like that and our tagline is learn to earn live to give so a portion of the profits that you make or or you know we have the money jar system it has to be um, or rather we invite you to give it away to someone else who deserves it either whatever lah you choose like for him Ashraf chose um, the orphanage near his house so in a span of nine months he managed to make almost 3500 ringgit from workshops and selling books and things like that and about close to 1000 ringgit was donated to the orphanage near his house wow so then that created a new story then another child joined a workshop then they get inspired and they start another story paying it forward so then yeah so we have all these stories that we then continue Shall. to tell and that just sparks fireworks in a child you know so we have a boy who bakes cookies to save turtles a girl who ba- a girl who bakes to help save tigers a girl who makes soaps with toys inside to encourage kids to wash their hands more uh it's <laughs> just different kind of stories so that no but, but i'm curious to know nina how did you instill this entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial spirit in them That's just the by I'm sharing curious. the stories. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It they just get excited and they be like, "Oh, if they this this boy can do it and I can do it too because it's peers." Mm. So when you use the concept of kids empowering kids, it's the ripple effects is faster versus an adult saying it. Okay. So I just facilitate in the workshops. How do the parents, I mean, let's say the kids are inspired and then they want to do it and then let's say the parents are like initially I don't know about this and then they're like okay if my kid is really into it I'm in but then their sisters friends brothers whatever it is their family starts going hey this is a bit strange like what is going on because they've been programmed differently has that ever happened where the kid is like flips back all the time right. that's that's why we don't have the the scale that we want because of the society punya you know mindset it's sad because i have so many kids getting all excited but when they go back their parents also get excited but it's it's not it's not ongoing yeah, la so you yeah, know yeah. they say no you know you need to have a uh, apa uh, some kind of a system where you know the parents continue how la <laughs> i'm still thinking mm. everybody has their own life so it's if you're not involved in the parenting and you're not involved in wanting to help your child discover their talents or grow their you know interests or whatever then I cannot help you lah yeah but what i noticed since the pandemic since everyone's working from home and have more time with their kids they well not not everyone lah a lot of um parents come back and say like you know what i think i realized now you know this was missing and then i was i was away most of the time i didn't see but actually my kids so talented lah How come I I didn't I didn't realize this and I'm like mahamam tulang kau But I'm just thinking you know I guess a lot of parents or a lot of older people would discourage children from quote unquote working to earn a living right it's considered like child labor how can I let my kids earn the money for for me or something like that you know yeah. What's your opinion on this must children start working at a young age to know how important having money or the value of money no lah i mean there's so many other ways but this was something that was 
uh, easy for me to explain because I went through it. You know, my mm-hmm. mom taught me the same thing. And then I was into entrepreneurship and I, you know, had so many failed moments and things like that. So um, I get that question a lot, Belle. Like, you know, parents are like, you know, I, isn't this child labor? Child labor if you ask the child to work and you take all the money. Yeah. <laughs> working and all the money goes back to him or her. If we just teach them the manager system, we're not taking any money unless the parents use the child. That, that one is out of our control. Lah. Yeah. Right. But this in this case, isn't it? And then we have parents coming and saying things like, you know, I don't want my child to be an entrepreneur. I want them to be doctors and lawyers. Mm. And I'm like, yes, we want your child to be doctors and lawyers too. But we want your child to be doctors with their own clinics and hospitals. Lawyers yeah, yeah. with their own firms. You know, sampai bila nak kerja dengan kerajaan, you want your... You want to create a generation, not all lah, but a, 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 a group who are job creators as well. Yeah. Right? I mean, we also want to, in the long run, you'll be tackling youth unemployment lah, this lah, that lah. So it's it's a long process, but we start now. And I think I was also influenced by my childhood. Uh, on top of my mom's, um, she blurted up the same thing when I was 10. You want something, go and find your own money. But I remember in school, I joined... Um, in, in Form 2 or Form 4, it was the Young Entrepreneurship Program as well. And even though it was just for like six months or something, but that, it was selected though. It was only like nine of us who could join this. But that stuck on us, well, stuck on me at least. And then now I remember, oh, okay. It was an experience that I had and I know I had all these rejections. And I think that's also, you know, we were talking about that earlier about the forum that I attended. So in a nutshell, I think entrepreneurship builds grit. But, um, social entrepreneurship builds empathy and grit. And these are the two things if you talk to any uh, upper, employer couple, they're saying that these are the two things um, missing or absent in most of the employees now, you know. And I keep saying this, you know, uh, parents tend to rob their child uh, from the opportunity to struggle in whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, it's not just entrepreneurship, you know, it's housework, uh, getting them to cook, uh, simple skills lah. And then like, uh, I was asked recently, like, how do I merge academics with entrepreneurship or housework? And I'm like, it's simple things lah. Macam, so my, my son Arman makes cookies now. We, he has his own cocoa business since we moved to Sabah, right? So we're not doing the healthy sausages anymore. So they started another business selling cocoa-based products and things like that, peanut butter. So if he wants to make um, cookies or whatever, and I say, okay, we want double of this batch or half of this batch. So if it says three-quarter uh, cup of sugar, and now I, I say, okay, I only want to do half batch for this because we're doing testing. So now he has to put in his fraction punya lesson that he learned like how you want to divide three of three, three over three four by half yeah uh, divide by five that was correct so the clue ala pencil they're gonna tulis so for me that is application of what they learned in school lah even though mm. it's tiny but that is what we want to to help them with at least yeah now, I know um, I've been following you on social media and I see that your three children now run their own online cocoa business. Are they doing this all on their own? Do you assist them in any way? Uh, if I'm not around them, my husband will be around now because okay. there's certain machines and stuff like that. But <clears throat> the simple stuff like weighing, uh, putting out the recipes and then, you know, working the simple machines like they make the peanut butter and stuff like that. Yeah, but these are still small batches. Similar to the uh, sausage business, they knew at the beginning they had to do it. Mm-hmm. Towards 
later when it, they already had the customer base and all these things that we teach them, then they know they don't sell uh, one-to-one anymore. They only sell in bulk. So now we don't make as much um, for uh, individual sales. Uh, we have a cafe here in Kota Kinabalu who started taking in bulk. Wow. So, you know, they order our peanut butter or they order our cocoa bricks to make their chocolate cakes and stuff like that. So that gives the children pride. And you're like, oh, you know, it's our products that they're using in their bakes. So, yeah. So they, the money earned from this goes back to the children. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we uh, uh, registered a, a small business. So Arman, the eldest, I mean, basically this one is more of his company, lah, but the siblings tolong. Yes, the other siblings want to have their own company. Like the second one wants to do like, a, he's more into science. He wants to do a science kit or something like that. And then the other one, the youngest wants to do bath bombs. Um, I said, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many of us parents. So we, we show them the process with their brother's business first and then they can do it on their own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we started a company. So Arman does the invoicing and does the tracking and I show him the Google form. I mean, I set up the Google form and then I show him. So then he will, I mean, of course you have to remind him as well and I teach him how to reply the messages on Instagram and stuff like that. I mean, you definitely need to be involved. I mean, they're yes. so young. Yeah. If you're working 7 to 12 but if it's 13 or 14 above, they're pretty much independent already most of the time. Yeah. So when the money comes in, do you put it like into his bank account? What do you teach him to do with the money that comes in from his sales? So we, they already have the basics of Grow the Goose, which we, they were one of the earlier ones. So we have the manager system. For now, it goes into uh, my personal bank, bank account first. And then he will see them. I mean, there's a separate account that's kosong because he's too young. The the bank account that they have is Susana. Tengok kula masuk. Yeah, right, right. right. So um, I put it there, and then he decides lah how much he wants to pay his siblings ke upah ke or whatever. <laughs> then I show him this is how much it costs. You have to pay me back for the the raw materials. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Slowly lah. That one I I the the the. The money works usually comes later. I I focus on them running the business first and, you know, um, making the operations, uh, focusing on all the hygiene matters as well versus the money. But he knows lah. Then he's like, how much money do I have now? Uh, and I say, I tell him, okay, this this maybe about 100 for this batch and stuff like that. I say, oh, that means a total I have about this much, this much. And I'm mm. like, yeah. And then, then he was like, oh, then he'll be like, can I take out a bit to go and buy this, buy that and stuff. So he actually bought his, they bought their own bicycles before this with the last sausage business before we moved to Sawa. And last year, Arman bought his own handphone with wow. the cocoa business. What? How old is he again? 11. He just turned 11. Oh my God. <laughs> I know 20 year olds who still take loan to buy a phone and everything. My God. Hola, this one is a cheap, cheap phone. La. So, but still <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the part where it's it's nice when you have actually exposed them to this. They then have the ability to actually see what works for them. So he mm. knows for a fact the iPhone he cannot afford. Because right. he knows for a fact the parents are not going to give him any money for it, right? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of strict in that way. Lah. Yeah. But there are, certain, there are certain things that we top up. So we tell parents, at least let them struggle 
I keep telling parents this and do not for the love of life give in to this instant gratification punya phenomenon like you know all this guilt or just because you feel guilty you are not around with that But some parents can't help it isn't it Yeah <laughs> I feel guilt I'm guilty of that actually instant gratification for my children Yeah so that's what we're trying to create lah that community that stop feeling guilty just go back to how our parents used to do it before and we turned out fine I think that's what you know a lot of lecturers that I speak to as well and they're talking about how this or, or employees you know saying uh, sorry employers how a lot of the kids these days are like quote unquote lembek and I'm like what do you mean by lembek so I don't know sikit-sikit give up sikit-sikit give up so I don't have any again I don't have any research basis for this but I'm trying to think back if it's has actually the way that we have been raising the kids lah mm. you know they're like so Yeah <laughs> Protected. They are very sheltered. All right, correct. Yeah. Right. So sheltered. You know what? It sounds more like you need to have a special program for <laughs> to teach parents how to be parents <laughs> of kids like this actually. No lah, don't lah. I'm not a parenting <laughs> expert, but we do have the that's why we do the grow the kids kids uh grow the goose family or grow the goose adults that we have. Mm. But again, cannot lah because that's why we rather ch- I wouldn't say cannot. I choose to work with the ones that is easier to work with and then with the hopes that the kids can slowly influence the parents in mm, their mm, house. Mm, mm. I don't I, have access. Yeah. I mean, I mean we have our team of trainers, but how many of us versus how many of them, right? So how how can we actually so slowly by slowly we're creating this community of I don't know if you watch Bad Moms the movie. No, I haven't. Anyway, you go <laughs> go watch Bad Moms with Mila Kunis and okay that one. Um, but yeah, I I I actually got inspired by that movie, like how you know she was breaking all the rules. You know, you had all these helicopter moms who were like <laughs> doing homework for their kids or stuff like that. That that kind of thing which we see around us happening as well, like mm. in the parents WhatsApp group in school. And I'm like, siapa yang pergi sekolah ni mak ke? <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole thing. It's 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 a parenting thing, like you said, JD. Not just the money mm. part. Mm, mm. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you actually said on your social media, like one of the workshops that you're doing right now, that um, parents and kids should be encouraged to sit down together and discuss family finances together. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking, like, at what age can a child actually contribute to this discussion on finances? Like, what do you ask the children during this discussion? For me, it's the simple stuff for them to just understand, especially during this uh, pandemic. You know, it, you need to start talking about it already. You don't know if suddenly the father or the mom lost their jobs or whatever, and then the kids just can't adapt because they're so used to a certain lifestyle. Yeah. And then now they don't understand. So I think the faster parents talk about it, it'll take time for the kids to absorb ma. So at least if you start little by little, then slowly they can process it. So it's as simple as okay, where does the money for this house to to pay for everything comes from? Mm. At least they know who's working. Is it one parent, two parents, or both? Mm. So that's first for me. Where does the money come in from? Secondly, where does the money go out to? Besides buying for your demands, be it toys or junk food or whatever it is. There are other things that we need to pay for, and so 
the figures need to be there. You need to be transparent, I think. And that's what I learned from my parents. They, at the beginning, did not tell us. And so we didn't have that understanding. And so when my father went through the whole, you know, uh, 1980s, guy, yeah. you know, the whole fine economic turndown, yep, yep. I, I, I did not experience what my elder brother and sister experienced, you know, life in the uh, golf club, what la, club, la, and then bawa kereta besar sikit, you know. When it came to my time, it was more of a, a, a downgrade, I would say, in lifestyle. But I didn't understand that because I just saw what uh, my brother and sister had, mm. you know, either in photos or whatever. And I'm like, how come? And I kept asking. I didn't get an answer. Towards the end, baru I faham. It took a longer time. And then when I asked my mom, and then she was like, yeah, we didn't know, you know, like, yeah, we were also, we were also trying to understand. So my mom had to go and work. My dad wasn't uh, doing well. You know, he was going through some emotional <laughs> issues and stuff. So all that, I was like, it wouldn't have been easier if they just came out clean and just gave that transparency. It's not that kids don't understand. Yeah, It may take a while, but why not just start earlier? Lah? Mm. Mm, especially in today's current climate. Yeah. <laughs> so when you said earlier, can they start as soon as like when they are five or yeah. six? For me, uh, my rule of thumb is if... They can start asking for things. They are ready to. They are ready to know to, where that money comes from. Yeah. So my 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 girl when she was three or four, you know, she started asking for toys, kan? Pergi kedai kapa. And the trick that I used was uh, because dia tak pandai kira, tak pandai baca everything yet, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Even at five, now she tak pandai baca sangat lagi. So if she goes out and I was like, okay, how much money do you have? And she's like, contoh lah, she has 20 or 30 ringgit to spend for that, you know, take out from the pledge or whatever. And she looks at that num- the price tag lah. So the way I teach her is like, okay, how many numbers there? Three numbers. Okay, three numbers can. That means it's uh, 10 ringgit and below lah, right? 900. Just say assuming it's like 24 ringgit, that means there's four digits. Yes. But that's more than her budget. So I say, What does it start with? So I have to go down to the detail. How many numbers can you count before the dot or after the dot, the zero, zero? You know, it's, it's, you need to go down to that level. So she'll come up. Oh, this one got four numbers, mommy. Cannot, right? Ah, cannot. <laughs> no. Uh, so it's like five numbers. Oh, that one is in the hundreds. Confirm cannot. Yep. Then she knows. And she also knows to know if she wants to get the toy with the five digits, which is the one in the hundreds. She needs to not buy the. She needs to save up. Digits. Yeah, she needs to save up. Cannot buy the ones with the three digits for at least how many months? And the months, then I have to show the calendar. We have mm-hmm. a big calendar. But how do you deal with your kids saying, "I want to buy this," then you say you can't because of the number of digits there, based on their budget, and then they see their friends whose parents are buying just. Throwing toys at them, no problem. This, that, whatever you want, I can get it for you. Do how do you how do you tell your kids that? No, no, those that family is doing it the wrong way. How do you how do you tell them that? I I I haven't had that. So, but that's a very good question. Actually, I have never had that experience to date. No, mm-hmm. I mean probably they do get the comparison. Oh, I have this. Let me think. I wouldn't get that from my boys because they're mm. not scream. <laughs> <laughs> But the younger one probably, 
And I think I just try not to cave, I suppose. Right. Mm. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, good question, oh. Because kids will ask, right? Yeah, how come, how come they got yeah. it? How come my friend can get this, yeah. you know, and then I, I have to work so hard to get it or I have to save so long to get it. Yeah. But I think it's because I had that conversation with them earlier. Mm. Like, this is the job that I do. Sometimes I get money, sometimes I don't. Mm. But what I'm actually doing is helping more kids who don't have access. So I explained the entire spectrum of what I do to make them understand that maybe I get less money, but I'm doing more good, lah, supposedly, yeah. to, to, to make words simpler for them. Mm. Right? Oh, you know? I see. That's what I do at least because I'm I'm running a social enterprise, so I run my impact programs and things like that. And they follow me as well when we go into the kampung and they see the lifestyle, how some of these kids don't even have clothes on and things like that. Mm-hmm. So probably with me, it was easier because I've given them that exposure to um, a different lifestyle. And so they don't probably even have the... Um, I wouldn't say guts lah, tapi macam dia tak berani nak soal lah, cakap, ah, why? Mm. So I think I've made it easier for them to compare their lives and be more grateful mm-hmm. for what they have. Seeing all these other things, um, you know, like they follow me here in KK, if you go to town, you know, we're sitting down having lunch and you see kids coming, <clears throat> uh, donate, uh, asking for money Begging. and things like that. Uh, so I don't give money, I'll, I'll give them food. Or ask them if they want to sit down with us. But they don't want, then okay lah. Then I, I I give them food instead. So I think the kids witness this. And then I think the small, small things does leave an imprint on them. Yeah. And so far, I, I don't get it from the elders. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky the eldest is setting a very uh, a good example. It's easier. But right now, if I were to have challenges, it's with the youngest lah. The five-year-old. Because, you know, you they watch YouTube and they watch all this toys and whatever that they mm. want lol surprise doll lah. i don't know what lah. <laughs> <laughs> lah and i'm like what and then i'm like don't you want to make your own toys and make your own money instead of buying oh okay what can i do then then she starts exploring she starts thinking then mommy can i sell bath bombs or something mm. Mm. so okay. probably that's how i <laughs> oh my god. After listening to you, I feel like I'm raising such entitled children. I should really change. <laughs> but I mean, what about like, because I am really not good at my finances. I buy whatever I want. I don't really look at what, how, what comes in and what goes out, you know. So what about parents like myself who are not good at finances at all? Like what do we do to, to train our children or to teach our children to be better at their, at, at savings or at not spending so much. <laughs> so, come for a workshop. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew it. <laughs> so, you're not going to share some tips? <laughs> no lah. I mean, I think, I mean, it's the base. It's really, um, it's just, at least, at least, if you can't change a lot of your lifestyle, at least just put aside 10%. Mm. Um, and, you know, um, another thing that I teach or either share with the rural communities. So they take up a lot of loans, right? Uh, for their businesses mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, all those micro loans. And, and so just say they take a thousand, a thousand and then they pay a hundred every month, mm. right? So 10 months finish already. But after they finish, they take another loan. So it never ends. 
you never end satu and you're not sustainable and then what actually are you growing the business mm. so we sort of challenge them after you finish up the loans you continue to work without a loan but make sure you have enough of that money the same amount of money and that 100 you continue lah because you already have the habit for 10 months ma yeah to put aside that 100 to pay off but mm. so instead of paying off the loan you put it into some kind of a growth account lah and i think um bell i mean i'm not promoting any um, instruments here but I think there's a lot of robo advisory um, platforms these days that can start you on start you on the simple stuff you know now uh, Nina what do you hope to achieve though with teaching kids to be more entrepreneurial um, for me it's a skill set lah it's it's just why I'm so into entrepreneurship because In life, in real life, it has taught me so many things, like how you bounce back. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I said, you know, I've had like 13 failed ventures. And then when I look back, I'm like, what? Did I actually do this? But when I tell the story, it gets others inspired. So I'm like, oh, it's actually quite interesting to talk about your failures too. But I wouldn't have gotten there if I hadn't gone through this entrepreneurship life of mine. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is a skill set that skill set that needs to be I mean, there's so many things like you can have it from sports or anything, anything, you know, it's, but it's just for them to go through one time. And if they like it, great. If they don't, at least they've tried it. Like that. That's what, that's actually what I'm trying to do. You know, a, a sportsman's life is not for everyone. Neither is a musician's life. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship may not be for everyone. But what if it was, but you didn't allow that to happen? That's, I guess, what I'm trying to do. Just expose them. Some like it, some don't. <laughs> That's okay. But it's actually doing more seeding lah, more than anything else. 